You're listening to a DM podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you the podcast with the best banter, greatest gut feels, and most ridiculous narratives on planet Earth. Get ready to dominate the NRL fantasy season with the team from Top King League. And welcome to Round 22 Live Q&A. My name is Jake and I've got Rich here on the line. But as always, we're brought to you by Game Day Squad and James. Um, so get your questions in over the next hour or 30 minutes to an hour, depending on how many questions we get. We'll be answering them live and giving our Vespa advice on it. So welcome, Rich. How's your Thursday going? Ready for the weekend ahead? Yeah, looking forward to it. Always love Thursday night and Thursday night footy. It's a good way to get your weekend off. Well, it feels like the weekend, doesn't it? You can always bludge through Friday, uh, even if you're a bit tired at work. So, um, yeah, no, look forward to it. And Robbo's actually got a ticket to the Matildas, I believe. Is, is it Rich? He's uh, he's going to watch the soccer tonight, so he's the last minute out. Oh, yeah, maybe I misread it, because I just thought he was saying he was going to meet some hot chicks, but yeah, <laughs> Matildas could mean that. But, yeah, as a single man, he's always on the lookout. So, yeah, you might be right. He might have gone to the Matildas at the last minute. So... Yeah, we'll find out well, next week, I guess. Well, yeah, we'll get into some fantasy chat. We'll, so we'll just do a quick vibe check for the week. Um, how are you going, Rich? Um, you're still up there in the top 1,000, I see. Yeah, just made a few ranks last week, 32 ranks up with a score just under 1,978, which um, with the Talking League boys, we've obviously got TK and, um, well, Brenton's obviously number two overall, and... Um, but TK is 301. And then I'm sort of just in the peloton there at 836. And I'm just having to stick my elbows out because there's a big pack lining up behind me with uh, Jason at 874, Patty on 879, and um, Kyle on 946. So everyone's sort of just lining up. And I just feel like I'm running out of trade and I'm just going to put the big elbows out so they can't get past me and hope that I can hang on for grim death. But uh, So I'm not well, going to trade this <laughs> week. Um, however, I have to play hands and with Lusick in the team, I'm quite nervous. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pop um, hands as my fifth uh, emergency and then put Tahu as my fourth emergency. And if... I'm not happy with Hans's score, so if he's 35 or below, I'll sell him. I'll sell Tohu, and bring in a fantasy scoring player that will get 60 plus. I think so um, from a game after Parramatta. So that's my plan there. So hopefully, Hans squeeze out. How many trades you left? Have you left that, Rich? How many trades? <coughs> Two. Two left. So, so yeah, I don't really want to burn trades. I've, yeah, I went 3-3, three, three, and now the plan is to hold for two weeks and then use them just on injuries or maybe a hooker. Well, definitely two more than shooter at least, so uh, definitely a couple there for the run home. Um, for myself, um, I'm still sitting out to 4,100, unfortunately, so I haven't made too much ground in the last few weeks. I was hoping to get a little bit higher, but I do have six trades left, um, which is fairly good for the run home. Plenty of trades there for injury cover. Only making the one trade, so same as you, Rich. I have Brennan Hands as my 18th man, but I've got two Warriors players in Tohu and Sean Johnson, so I have to play Hands this week. Can't loop him, unfortunately. So I'll just be making the one trade with Tohu Harris to Tyson Frizzell. So we're talking a bit pre-show about this. Um, I was going to go Cam Murray. Um, I do think he's probably the better option, but for someone like me who doesn't have that greater 18th man, I think Tyson Frizzell is just going to be that better option long-term. He's just going to score more points total, um, given that my 18th man is probably not suitable to be playing my 17, especially in a head-to-head grand final um, for me. So that's why I'm going with Tyson Frizzell. I think he's going to average close to 60, probably high to mid-50s, hopefully, um, for the run home. And Knights are a pretty good run home. I, I see it. They have... The Raiders, Dolphins, Bulldogs, 
Rabido Sharks Dragon. So a lot of easy games there. And hopefully uh, he can jag a try or two. Uh, but we'll get straight into it. Um, we'll start off with some captaincy chat. Um, so Adam Sargent, he's asking, so captaincy on Latrell or don't overthink it and put it on Cleary. So who's your captain this week, Rich? And do you think Latrell's worth a punt? Uh, tell you what, you'd have bigger cojones than I've ever got putting it on Latrell <laughs> because he is the toughest watch ever. You know, how many times have we seen him on three or four at half time or 30 minutes in, and then he just does one massive play and gets you the score. I Yeah, I could not stomach that one iota. <laughs> um, and if you've brought Cleary in, you've got to ask yourself, why did you bring Cleary in? And I'm in the Cleary camp as well, and quite frankly, Cleary needs to start paying off. So I brought him in two weeks ago. Obviously, he didn't play. Uh, and then... Uh, last week he got 51, and I just want to give a big serve to the stats guys because he had a turnover <laughs> removed and he made an intercept. So I don't know what is a intercept, and I just wish I had a notice before lockout, and I might have sent a rude email. Did um, it bounce off someone's head? Was it like not a clean intercept or something? Uh, I don't think I caught it on the weekend. But yeah, no, I, I was watching, and it was just a clean intercept, and he intercept. started running, and I was like, well. Yeah, and okay. yeah, it wasn't the one at the end of the game. That one was a clear knock on, but um, yeah. So anyway, don't don't captain Latrell. Don't do it yeah. to yourself. You'll I, delete that. I, I think that's. I think that's. Yeah, same with me. I don't think Latrell is probably the best option. He's he can get those massive hundred plus scores, but the the chances of that happening compared to someone safe like Cleary or Hines getting a higher score is pretty unlikely. So uh, I'm saying I don't have it. I'm not in the Cleary camp. So I think if I was, if I did own Cleary, I probably would captain him, but I uh, don't have the money for that. I only got Nico Hines. So they're going to be sticking on him. I could go. There's been a fair bit of chat around Delhi Cherians this week. Um, I don't mind it as a shout either, but personally, I think I'm just going to stick with the averages and take Nico's, even in bad games this season, he, he can still punch out a pretty respectable score. Um, but here, I think he's going to have a bit of a point to prove against Penrith. He's um, up against Cleary as well, so Sharks definitely need to bounce back, and he's going to be right in the mix of things. So I don't think there's a bad option between Hines and Cleary, and probably Cherry Evans as well is probably an, another option in those top three this week. Um, next up, though, uh, Alex Pugh. Howdy. Can't decide what trade to get, uh, what way to do this trade. Uh, he's doing Harris to Murray, or he's thinking of Harris to DCE, uh, or trade three, add Nelson as a cash down to someone else, and go Harris, Piakura, and Nelson to Murray and DCE. This is a little bit confusing here, Rich, but I'm guessing he's either doing one trade to either Murray or a, or a DCE. So obviously DCE's got no buyers left. Murray has the one buyer left or doing the cash down and trade up and get both Murray and DCE. I'm guessing that's using three trades there. Yeah, his bottom one is definitely using three trades because he's obviously thinking of um, Murray, DCE and Russell being his cheap cash down, which yeah. is pretty solid. I don't mind it. Nelson's definitely a trade-out. Uh, it was a dislocated finger, and they were thinking maybe two weeks he had to have a um, surgery on it. So Nelson's got to go. So you're not just doing trade one, which is a one-trade option. So you've got to include Nelson in that. Um, and it just depends on how your team's set up. And it's sometimes hard when we don't see everyone's full team. But – and. And he has six trades before this. So he could afford to do option three, which is to do three and still have three trades. That's plenty. Um, and you've just got yourself two keepers and a break in case of an emergency sort of guy in Russell. Yeah, absolutely. And also, like even trading Harris out tomorrow, you're probably going to gain a few extra points, not even just the points this week, but a few extra points as well per week on the run home as well, even though he does have the buy. Um, but yeah, two keepers and a cash out. I, I think that's a pretty great trade there, Alex. Mm. Next up, uh, Ryan Nelson. Hey, fellas, looking at Moses to Cleary and Robson to Edwards as I need winger fullback cover for Chan Sickle, Clockstad and Drinky. So what's your thoughts here, Rich? So 
there's been a little bit of chat around Moses being a trade out, but I don't think I think it's probably a bit a bit of a uh, just reaction from a bad score last week. I think I still think Moses is going to average plenty on the run, run home, and probably if you do want to trade him out round 27s, probably going to be the time to do so. And Robson as well. Robson's down at 601k, so and he's still averaging 50, so he's probably pretty much at his floor um, for someone who's you know pretty good when he does get the defensive stats in. Yeah, I think one of the problems for Mitchell Moses is a you know he's got a buy, so it's an extra Parramatta player, and you're probably gonna you've got Hopgood, you might have hands, so you are trying to get rid of a couple, and you're thinking, well, with a break even of 84, it's only going to cost me 130k to go up to Cleary, who we know is a proven gun. Uh, the Eels have got a really tough draw coming home. You know what? They're away to the Storm this week. Um, and then I think they play pretty much top eight teams. Oh, no, they don't. They've got the Dragons the week after. So on a dry track on a Sunday. So I see your point of view, but I think it could just be about squad balance in this case. And so I don't mind going up to Cleary because I think they're going to trend similarly. But, yeah, and as for Euron Edwards' owner, are you have you been worried at all with his form and do you think that Cleary will help unlock him? Yeah, I, I think we saw it last week. Like even though he got off to a bad start, he still ended up with fifty two. And I, I think he just gets that a lot better ball in, in attacking zones when Cleary's there. Like we saw he, when Cogger was inside him, it was so frustrating when you saw Jack Cogger go to the line and pass out the back, but the pass was just always off. It was always for the ground. I like at least fifty percent of the balls rent behind um, Dylan Edwards. And I think it's just because Cleary's just so used to just nailing him on the chest every single time. And Edwards still being in that good position where Cogger, you just need to be a little bit deeper just to be able to allow him to have a pass that's a little bit off uh, off target. So I, I think Edwards is probably going to jump back up to being a 50-plus scorer for the run home, just given he's just going to have like one or two really good play, extra players where Cleary's just going to give him that bit of ball. So I don't mind... Like I, I do, I'll, just in a vacuum, I probably wouldn't be doing Robson just to Edwards, just because they're probably going to average, I think they'll probably average around this, a similar sort of mark, but I guess he does need that uh, winger fullback cover, not only for this week, but also in the coming weeks for Drinky as well. So I do see a point there. He's going to be getting extra points in both those weeks, well, sorry, this week and Drinky's buy, um, plus the the Cowboys buy as well, he's going to have to use use another trade there. So I, I don't mind it in this situation. I, I probably, Moses to Cleary as well, What do you th- how many points of upgrade do you think that is? Do you think Moses probably around that 60 mark, Cleary 70 mark? So is that, I guess it probably could, is worth a trade then, isn't it? Yeah. The, and, and traditionally when Cleary's had a gap in the early part of the season, they won't rest him in the final round either, mm. which I've heard a lot of people start talking about. Um, just regarding picking up Edwards, mm, the key for me, like you've got to have cover at wing fullback and at centre. So for me, you've got to have Garrick, you've got to have Manu, and then you've got Flex. So I've also got uh, Lemueli. So I've always got a cover that can cover one of those two positions. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of teams where they might have Lemueli and Manu. Um, and then they're tight on wing fullbacks, a bit like Ryan here, and they can't just bring that player down. So, and the problem with if you get Edwards and you've only got those two centres, then all of a sudden you get an injury in your centres and you're back trading. So, um, to me, I'd really want to have um, Garrick and Manu. Could it could even be worth like, you're talking about Garrick? Could it even be worth just doing the one trade here, holding Moses and Robson, and just doing C and K to Edwards, either Edwards or Garrick? Yeah, and is that, is that trade that, better better off? I think, the, I think the problem for him is, I suspect he sees the Warriors draw and says, I can see a lot of C and K out the back mm-hmm. in shape, either scoring or slash passing to DWZ and getting some try assists. Um, because when the Warriors score well, CNK scores well, and I think the writing's on the wall. Warriors are coming home strong, undefeated, putting up massive scores, and, yeah, you want those uh, players involved. So, 
he probably cool. wants to hold on to him. Cool. We've just made a few more offerings for you there, Ryan. But, yeah, don't mind those trades at all if you do want to stick with those two. Uh, Jono, hey, guys. Love your work as always. So what do you think uh, McGuinness gets minutes-wise in this current squad? His PPM is basically one uh, PPM. So at 50 minutes, he's probably a good 50, uh, 17th or 18th man around the 55 to 60 mark. His trades this week, he's looking at uh, Buller and Simonson out and Hopgood out as well for Edwards, McInnes, DCE, leaving me without any edge cover. Or could I do Edwards, McInnes, and Frizzell instead and get DCE next week with eight trades left? So th- let's break this down here, Rich. Uh, He's Buller, flying. Yeah, yeah, Buller, Simonson out. Uh, looks good to me. Hopgood's probably the only one I maybe would hold off on there, but... The, the trade-ins look pretty good to me, especially Edwards and DCE or Frizzell, regardless. Um, and McInnes looks pretty good there as well as a 50 minute, uh, fifty to 60-minute player as well. Yeah, when he's saying he doesn't have edge cover, that makes me super nervous to get rid of Hopgood. But, um, yeah, I'm not going to trade Hopgood out all season. He is going good. They've had another injury this week. He's secure in the team. Uh, but for me, McInnes, for him, is a great fit. He's going to play, I, I just can't see how he doesn't play 60 minutes. Their bench is super weak. Um, and I just think, yeah, I I might bring McInnes in if um, Hans has a bludger of a week. But with him having our edge cover, don't stress about getting DCE. I'm pretty sure you'll have Hines, SJ, and you must have at least one other wing uh, mm. half because you're not stressed about it this week. So, um, yeah, DC is not a must-have. Uh, I, I could live without getting DC. Well, I am going to live without getting DC and not be too worried at all. Do so, you think the um, the the reason he might be training Hopgood here, here is to get the funds? I guess DC Hopgood down to DC gives you what. Uh, uh, 60 extra K maybe that does that help him get these extra trades trades in I, I think that's exactly why he's doing yeah. it and I suppose if you package them all up he's making a net gain and that's how he's perhaps looking at it and that's a good way to do it I know uh, Robbo sent me a screenshot of his trades this week and he's using four trades and he's including Hopgood but it's just that Hopgood's got so much cash that it provides better coverage all round and I agree with the way, you know, the fact he's going to bring in three guns um, and like McKenna's being cut price, it is, it's good, you know, because he's getting rid of what I'd call two mid-rangers and a gun and he's bringing in three guns. So happy days. And even if he does do those last, even though it does do those last three trades, um, he'll still have five trades in the bank as well. So if McInnes doesn't pay off, if he's for whatever reason goes back to the bench or only plays forty minutes or fifty minutes, he can still use that extra trade uh, to get him out in a, in a week or two. Uh, pretty luxury position there, Jono. So um, we'll lock in those last three trades. Next up, Kieran Patole. I'm considering Tapane to Murray. As well as Papali, uh, as Papali is back, and uh, Tapane averages 49 uh, in mid 50s minutes when Papali is back. So, what's your, what's your thoughts here, Rich? Is Tapane to Murray pretty much a straightforward one, even though Murray does have that buy uh, in round 26? It's great, for, and thanks, Kieran, for doing the research because you've actually answered your own question. Mm. You just needed to read it. Um, because yeah, it's it's an easy trade. Um, do it. Murray looked gun last week, and he looked fit. He looked, and rabbits have to go. They have no option. They have to win. So he played seventy six minutes last week, and that's great because that just enhances time on park, means more stats. So pull that trigger, Kieran. Easy. And he gets a. Uh... Just calculate then about 100k in the bank as well, so definitely gonna be handy next time we get an injury. That 100k in the bank is gonna uh, be able to help you out to be able to sideways trade another gun in your squad when that injury does arrive. So pull the trigger there. Next up, Jesse 
best, uh, best cash out option for the run home. So are you getting any eyes on any cash outs this week, Rich? Uh, is Dan Russell probably the best of them or is there anyone else you can see down there at the bottom in the, in the 200Ks? Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting one because uh, I don't want to name names, Jake, but there's some guys that have just got a lot of red dots down there already. And so you need a cash out that's actually could play in a pinch. So like this week, you're having to run hands and had Colquhoun not got injured, uh, not got suspended, sorry, you'd have more trust in playing a player like that. Mm. And I guess that's what people are still hoping for is, hey, if I have to play Russell, would he squeeze me out 40 points? And the answer is at this stage, yes. However, with Bird on the bench, it makes me a little bit nervous that he might not, he might become another, you know, Sonny Luke, or he might become another um, Tommy Talao that we sort of, oh, sorry, I'm just naming all your players here. Yeah. <laughs> My entire bench yeah. is uh, getting, <laughs> getting obliterated here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, it, yeah. I don't mind this Dan Russell, Dan Russell character, um, but I think if you want to just ensure that there's a, yeah, if you've got a bit of spare money and pay up, I think there's more reliability. So someone like an Andrew Davy at 392k, when he's played 80 minutes, he's averaged 47 this year for Parramatta, and. That edge is his for the rest of the season with um, the injury to Lane. So it's working out that compromise between do I pay more but have more security mm. or do I want to save that 130K or 160K, pick up Russell, but in two weeks' time be dreading Jack Bird's finally got himself back into the park and now Russell's a 20-point player that I, I don't even want to play. Well, that's the, that's the thing too with Jack Bird. If, if he's on the bench, he could even be a late inclusion. Like, could be you could be yeah. you know banking on Russell for one week score, and then late mail hits and Jack Bird's just like a quick switch because Russell can easily pay off the bench. He's pretty versatile. He can play in the centres as well, so he's he's not a bad utility option on the bench as well. Now that M has left the Dragon, so um, I I think it's definitely risky. What's your thoughts on Fine Fuyaki, Rich? Um, we know Luke is coming back pretty soon as well, but yeah. what's what's your thoughts on him? Well, you're the Cowboys guy, so you, mm. you've probably got more of a look, but he his impact off the bench has been awesome. Like, he has great punch. Whether that will translate into when you play big minutes, because it's easy to add punch when you know you're on for 10, 15, 20 minutes, but when you know you've got to sit out there for 60 minutes odd, I don't know. I, I haven't seen enough of him to convince me. So, um, yeah. Well, the most he's, most he's played in first grade so far is a 40 minutes against Penrith, and he did just get a try in that game. But he, I think he probably does have more that attacking upside compared to Russell. Being in a good team um, looks like a bit stronger of a runner. He's probably not more not much of a workhorse. Daniel Russell's probably going through more your defensive work, but I think Fuak has probably got a little bit more upside and I think I think Lukey as well is probably going to come back off the bench in limited minutes. We saw with him when he did come back earlier this season, he did play lower minutes as well. So I I don't yeah I where I think with the dragon situation, if Dan Russell's back to the bench, he only plays maybe 20 minutes as well. So yeah. it's a they're both a very similar sort of option. The only difference really is that um, Lukey's back in a few weeks compared to Jack Burks. Jack Bird's already back now, so. Personally, if I had to get, a, I'm not getting a cash out this week, but if I had to take a punt, I'd probably take uh, Fuyaki, um, unless you need it. Definitely need a cash out for, say, a Scott Drinkwater's buy or a Reese Robson's buy. Um, would be my only way I'd steer clear of him, where the Dragons don't have any buys. So, um, probably interesting one yeah. that the boys mentioned a bit is Wade Graham at 285k, starting this week, but again. He's pretty reliable in the sense that he'll get you 30 points or 35 points. Um, but I'd I'd be nervous with the fact that you'd, I think he'll hold his place for the rest of the season. And I think Colquhoun uh, will sort of just come on and he might be dudded by Wade Graham. I think the Sharks love that leadership that Wade Graham will provide. And... Um, 
Yeah, so he'll get minutes, but at 35, he's, yeah, again, you don't really want to play him, but at least he'll be on the park for you. I guess it'll come down to how well uh, Penrith defend as well this week. They're, they really need to fix up that left edge. So if Wade Graham does come in and has a good performance there, um, he could probably hold that spot. Um, but yeah, if, if they let another three or four tries down that same edge again, it could just be back to Calhoun again. So I think all three are risky options. So it's very, uh, very much luck of the draw with that one. Um, but <laughs> hopefully we've given you enough uh, analysts there, uh, Jesse, to, to make a decision on that one. Uh, I am going to absolutely butcher this name, but uh, Temis, uh, no, Clary, Maski <laughs> Corte. Thanks, Rich. Uh, Clary worth bringing in for Moses this week uh, to partner Hines, or possibly wait till next week to pick him up at a slowly, uh, slow, a slightly lower price, um, and rate the best out of this three: Murray, Frizzell, and McGuinness. So I guess this well, we've already touched on. Um, Captain season, uh, trading out Moses to clear it already rich. But if you're in a situation where you already have a Hines, someone who's a pretty much a standout captaincy option as well, would you be bringing Cleary as well to captain him? Well, I have. Uh, <laughs> I did it two weeks ago. I think the problem with Cleary is you just don't want to be tunned up on and then feel like, oh, I've missed the boat. Oh, I should have got him. And that's really what I I had uh, envy early and just thought this is a chance to jump the pack and then look really smart. And now I'm sort of going, mm, could I have spent that money better? But I'll, I'll wear it. And I think you just have to decide what's your pain tolerance. If he turns up this week, are you going to feel real stink? But if he scores 50, are you going to go, oh, well, I've just saved myself 40K and I'll I'll get him next week and, yeah, and then you look smart as well. So everyone's teams are starting to look really strong. And so if you've got a high team value, I'd recommend bringing him in. So if you're over 14 mil, up near 14.5, I'd bring Cleary in because you know he's going to turn up before season's end yep. and you want to be part of it. Absolutely. If you're below that number, I reckon you can give him a miss. Probably the same sort of part, uh, same sort of um, theory there with the second question with Murray Frizzell and McInnes. I think uh, if your team value is over 14 mil, you're probably pretty happy to you know burn the trade on Murray, uh, even though he does have the buy coming up because your squad value is probably going to be good enough to either cover that um, with an 18th man for the week or be able to trade it as well. Um, where if your team value is probably below 14 mil, Frizzell and McInnes are probably the better options. Just given that they don't have the buy left, McInnes especially, with being a little bit cheaper as well. So probably a very similar situation as well, don't you think, Rich, on that last one? Yeah, the way he's written them is the way I'd, I'd rank them. And it's also the way I like watching them as well. I like watching players that are going to be on the field for as long as possible. Um, and that's probably the only downside to McInnes is he's no longer getting 80 minutes, even with all the injuries I've got. So um, I'd... Yeah, Murray Frizzell, McInnes in that order. Sounds good. Absolutely. Uh, Daniel Lentini's up next. Hey, lads. Eight trades left, looking to make three, and they are as follows. Tanner Boyd to Grant um, or, or to Lockie Croker. Sipley to Dan Russell as cash out, and Brennan Hands to Dylan Edwards. I could also make a fourth trade of Tohu to Murray. I feel like it might be a bit too sideways and can hold the trade for an extra week for injuries and suspensions. So another four trades to break down here. Rich, what's your thoughts on these? Are you interested in Grant or Lockie Croker to start with? And even trading out Tanner Boyd or is he a hold as well? No, Tanner Boyd, man. I was so happy when he got out of my app. Just that ugly little smug face looking at me, sort of telling me that, you know, and, oh, yeah. So get rid of Tanner Boyd. Grant is the safe option, but as you say, BD, or as Daniel says, BDE and go Lockie Croker, really left field play. And um, he has been going real good, 100th game this week, so good on him. Uh, came into grade as a half and has just taken on that role as hooker there. The only thing I'll say is they're playing um, the Dragons this week and he might not make many tackles. 
So just be aware of that. Um, and all those other trades are good. You know, he's going to cash down to Dan Russell we've spoken about. Um, I suspect he could be a closet Manly fan because why else would he have had uh, Sipley in his team? <laughs> and uh, Brendan Hands, Dylan Edwards, yep, you can pull that trigger or you can wait a week. Brendan Hands, low break even, he'll get his break even and then um, you can trade him next week. And, yeah, with eight trades, I, I don't even, yeah, I probably wouldn't go Murray to Harris as it is a bit sideways because Murray's got a buy to come as well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think with the first one as well, Tanner Boy definitely, I think, is a trade-out just given, yeah, his bad scores over the last couple of weeks. Um, I, don't, I still don't see the hype in Lachlan Croker personally. He's been on a really good hot streak and he's been playing really well, but I I think he's just sort of a player that can go on those sort of sort of runs. Like, yeah, sort of by average, average this year. He's only averaging 46 when he plays more than 70 minutes. You drop that down to 60 minutes and he's still 43 average. Uh, I know. I just feel like those are sort of his ceiling sort of games. So there's def. I think there's definitely a thirty coming or a forty or a twenty uh, in the next few weeks. I just don't. I just don't think Locking Croker can keep it up. Um, might be proven wrong, but personally, I just don't see it happening. Um, other ones, yeah, I think I agree with you there. Too on the other ones. Dan Russell's a good trade out for Sipley. Hans Dillon Edwards, pretty good upgrade as well. A nice cut price. And if you don't have an 18th man as well, I I wouldn't mind doing the Tohu Murray. But if you do have someone who can cover him just for one week, who's a decent scorer, I probably would be um, holding Tohu if I can. What's your... Uh, we haven't touched on this as well, Rich. What's your thoughts on Tohu for the run home? Warriors have a pretty easy draw. So it's definitely going to help the likes of CNK and Johnson with a few more attacking stats. Do you think Tohu benefits from a few more attacking stats? Or do you think he's reliant on base he's a big base master um and listening to the comments of webster this week he sort of said we'll play in big minutes if we need to but if we don't need to we won't so it, it is slightly concerning um so for me he's not a priority to stay on my team because i do feel we're going to win a few games and quite easily and obviously we're going to be looking at you know, making sure we're fighting fit for the finals and Tahu could get rested a little bit on the bench. So, um, yeah, I've got no qualms, loyalty to trading out Tahu because, um, yeah. Cool. Well, with eight trades left, Daniel, um, just pull all those four, I reckon. And if you really want to save one more trade, I think, yeah, the Tahu one could be one you could potentially hold if, if needed. Uh, next up, Chris Rudder. Hey, Legends. How are you two going? Uh, he's got two questions. Who currently in the NRL would you not want to be running straight at you? <laughs> we'll, we'll start off with that one, then we'll get to the fancy, Rich. Uh, off the top of my head, I think probably an in like in his absolute prime, Jason Tamalolo for me, being a Cowboys fan. I'd, it would be an absolute... Even now, he's just an absolute nightmare to tackle just with his speed, footwork, just size all around. Who's yours? funny i misread the question i thought it said who would you want running and i thought no one (laughs) maybe jaden campbell um but no it's funny story uh years ago when i was uh i was playing div three rugby in christchurch and i had to come up against scott robinson the uh crusaders coach and he was a current all black at the time but he was playing senior rugby and i was playing fullback and he broke the line and he was running at me and honestly, I just shut my eyes and thought I was going to die. And one of the boys must have ankle tapped him and he fell down at my feet. And I was like, I was genuinely scared because he was a big unit. And I just couldn't even think of someone running it straight at me in the NRL. Imagine Nelson running at you. Oh, like, the nightmare. It'd just be the shadow would sort of start looming from about 30 meters going, oh, no. I Honestly, I couldn't do it. You, you couldn't pay me. I'd just be. There's none of them. Oh, it'd be horrendous. So, yeah, I ain't letting anyone run at me. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the second part of the question, uh, who would you rather trade? So, Tohu uh, or Nikora Tamari? Leaning towards Nikora, but not completely sold. This is a pretty interesting run. Uh, Nikora had the one bad week last week with a 38. I've had him on my side. I've been pretty happy with him. He has been pulled out of the mud in the last you know two minutes of the game, but I guess that that's what the Sharks do. So, um do you think Nikora is even a trade-out at all? 
personally, I think I think Tohu's the trade here. Oh yeah, it's it's a close one. Um, yeah, it was a real outlier last week. Um, the problem is the tough draw that they've got mm. coming up, and how has he traditionally been getting his bigger scores? Well, uh, three of his last four good scores, like have all come with tries involved and you can pretty much guarantee he ain't scoring against the Panthers this week. They're going to know how to tackle and to Mm. read his lines. But for the reasons I stated before, I would get rid of Tohu. But Brendan Nakora at 709k, that's a lot of money you can splash around. So, yeah. But he's got no buys and so... Tohu's on a buy, and we've just talked about that soft draw where he could be rested a bit. I would actually talk into Tohu Harris. Yeah, I think I definitely agree there. It's, it's an interesting character, Nakora, because I haven't really watched him too closely since I've owned him back when he was a dual position center rookie. But like, there's some games where he does get through a bunch of the work, and there's some games where he just gets through none at all. Just I'm guessing just because the Sharks have a little bit of a ball, but he's a very interesting player. He goes in spurts where he'll be really involved for about 10, 20 minutes, and then he just won't do anything for the next 20 minutes. Uh, very interesting sort of player to watch, which is probably why he hasn't been, you know, the the fancy keeper in the edge for the last few seasons. Sort of this season, sort of his 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 best for a while. So. Um, but yeah, I think I definitely agree with you there. I think he's probably worth the hole over Tohu. He's definitely probably more likely to you know snag a try between now and the end of the season. Probably average, probably not where he is at 55. Probably probably closer to that 50 mark um, personally. Mm. Um, Simon Foley, uh, pretty simple one here. Haas or Yo for the run home? Um, for me, why, why don't we why don't we answer this one on the count of three? Okay, and we'll okay. both say who who it is because <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is an easy one. So one, two, three, Haas. Yo. <laughs> oh, oh. How, can yeah, you, I, how can you go against I, Haas? Like he's the the best mid in the comp. I just yeah. I think I think Yo's pretty pretty good as well. He's and he's pretty pretty much proven in the last two years that he's pretty much up there with Haas as well. Like they're they're both mid sixty scorers. Haas uh, Haas does have a one buy and it's probably going to come in. Uh, somewhere in between your head-to-head finals. Um, Yo's probably likely to get rested in 27, but there's still a chance that he won't get rested in 27 as well. So Haas definitely missing one game. Yo probably, what, 50% chance he misses the last game? 80% chance? Yeah, I think high, high. High chance, yeah. Um, Yeah, it depends. Again, if you've got Cleary... um, Go Haas, and if you don't have Cleary, go Yo. Is that a happy compromise? Yep, I reckon so. Great, yeah, because you're going to be able to cover those buys a little bit easier. Some great, great stuff there. Uh, John Gibbons, Edwards or Teddy, someone we haven't talked about so far, and is Preston a good trade to Murray? Reluctant to sell him, but think Muzz is a must-have, and he's a bunny supporter. So a couple of players we haven't touched on yet. Um is Teddy back after the last week? Is, is he back in form? Are the Roosters back in form? Or are we sticking away and just sticking with Edwards' safe option in Edwards? Yeah, no. I'm, <laughs> yeah. It's hard because I don't own Teddy. I'm probably not going to own Teddy. Um, so I wish that Teddy won't be back, but he looked very interested. The Roosters look like they just sort of started to find something, whether that was due to the cheese sort of giving a bit of go forward there. Um, but it could be a w- one-week special from the Roosters. You know, I'd really like to see one more performance out of the Roosters, which we're going to see tonight, obviously, um, and we'll know. But I've heard some good pundits tipping the Roosters tonight, and if, so if the Roosters are going to win, Teddy's going to go good again. So I'm, I, I, I'd... I'd go Teddy over Edwards if I was picking up one this week. His try scoring form over the last few weeks has been pretty wild too. He got two against the Dragons, two against the Dogs, one against Penrith, one against Manly, and one against Titans, and that's all in the last six weeks. So, what, seven tries in six weeks, so he's definitely been in pretty good form. I did cop that 20 against Raiders, but still, that's probably just the one outlaw in those last six weeks, so definitely a great option. Purser, probably just I'd personally just go Edwards, just because I think with Cleary back, and he's a lot cheaper, so if you can use that 
extra 110k somewhere else in your squad. Um, definitely, definitely probably worthwhile. Um, what's your thoughts on this Preston to uh, Murray trade? I, I'm, I'm holding Preston at the moment as well, and I'm, I'm pretty worried about his buy next week because it means another week that I'm going to have to play Brennan Hands in my starting team. So I'm looking to trade him <laughs> next week as well. Is it? Do you think there's a, a strategy? In, like I know a few players, are, a few coaches are getting off guys like Hopgood early. Do you think uh, someone like Preston one week before their buy is another sort of good option to get off? Um, if no, you, if you I, don't, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a Preston owner too, and he's the only player I've kept in my team the whole season. So I'm going to keep him out of principle. Um, but in Jordan's situation, I can under, totally understand why he wants to pull that trade, and it is going to earn him an extra 10 points per week probably. So, yeah, he's the next player up on a buy. That's not good news. So flick Preston this week. And if Preston scores 55-60, you're still going to make points off Muzz, so um, do it. Yep. Sounds good. Uh, Logan's up next. Um, Sup, also, needing your advice in my final centre and winger fullbacks. I have Mazu, Ponga, and Buller. And in his centre, he's got Manu and Tafare. I only have three trades with 30k in my bench. Who can I hold all the way, and who is a must-sell? So that looks... He's back three answers. He's probably a little bit short there with Buller and Tafari. Is Tafari's probably the, definitely the one to go, but how is he going to upgrade this one, Rich? How is he going to trade Tafari out with uh, with his price at the moment? Uh, let me see. What is he on these? Price? Uh, 4.33. 4.33. And... Have I got a special for you? Oh, he just doesn't quite have enough cash, but he could go up to a beautiful Karaz, uh, which is 478. So I don't know if you can find some cash, but as a cut price wing fullback player who should have got dual position and didn't, which made me a bit grumpy, um, he is killing it, Karaz, at the moment. Last three weeks, he has scored, it can't be right, 43, 65, 47. Um, huge run meter, so he's solid in base, massive um, offloads, massive tackle busts, and hasn't scored a try in it yet. So, um, yeah, I would definitely try and find the money as a cheap, Cut price keeper, he's the best wing fullback I can find for you. Dylan Edwards, you're right, I was amazed when I just checked his price at 570-odd. Mm. Another cut price keeper, but Tafare's got to go. Um, but you might need to get trade one of your guns and get um, Garrick into that team for you. Yeah. I think with that one as well, Garrick, I think he's another good option as well because just because the, those scores, the 47, 65, and 43, have all been against good sides. The Rabbitohs, Broncos, yeah. and Penrith, so he's pretty much fixture-proof as well. So if you wanted to do something, what, how much trade it? So Bull is sitting at 5.30, and Karaz is at 4.70. So you get a, approximately 60K out of that. Um, add on top of your 30K, so you get 90K. Um, and then is there anyone in the range... So Tafare is 433. Add 90. Is anyone 520k less or less they can upgrade Tafare to? It's a pretty uh pretty awkward yeah. price, but there might be someone you might be able to do that but as a those, as a cap price. The problem is centers is just so ugly, isn't it? You know, yeah. you're thinking, well, who who can I trade as a center to um to to bring in? And there's just not what anyone great in that um position. How much are we saying? Five thirty-eight. Five, five, five thirty, five twenty, um, approximately. So, from what I can see, Jesse Rame is probably the best of the bunch, even though he's not the greatest option. But he's definitely going to give you probably a little bit better scores than Tafare. Um, and other than that, I don't think you really have too many other options, unless no. you want to take a punt on a Sammy Valamate to score a bunch of tries on the run home, or a or a hammer, or someone like that. Um, but, yeah, not... Connor Tracy could be worth a shout, I suppose. Like, he looks like he's got that position locked in. 
The problem is he's just got to get more ball, and he didn't go flash last week. But we know he's got good pedigree. Um, but, of course, I've got that tough draw as well. So he's at 496. He's got the jewel as well, which would be really handy for him. So um, that could be an option. He only got 28 last week um, playing at centre. And interestingly, he only played 63 minutes, which is probably a bit of a concern. Is it kind of Tracy? Yeah. Oh, sorry, I was looking at the wrong wrong game. No, he played 80 minutes and got yeah, 24. Minutes, yeah, 24 and 80. Five-minute yeah. tackles. That's unusual. Yeah. Normally <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I. I. Yeah. I think the bullet of Karaz is probably a not a bad option, but yeah. Hopefully, Logan. This. Do you have any? Hopefully, maybe go back and look at your team. See if there's anyone from in your 18 to 21 who has a little bit of cash left. You might be able to absolute, you know, trade them down to a 220k player or something to be able to upgrade to Fari because there's really not too many good options on paper that you can do, but. Uh, if I was to do one, it would probably be a Buller to Karaz and maybe a Tafari to a Ramian um, or a Valame or something like that. So um, see what we can do there. Um, Will Williams up next. Is this the week for pod captains? So we've already touched on that a bit, Rich, the pod captains. Um, but he's thinking of D, uh, David Fafita or Payne Haas. He doesn't have Clary, um, but he does have Hines. So... Is Fafita or Haas a, a gambling option for you over, over Hines? I'd, I'd cop a Haas, no, no drama. Um, I always have a rule, like, in my mind, do I think that they can score less than 50? I just can't see how Haas doesn't score less than 50, but he also has massive upside. He could get an 80. And so for me, he's an easy captain, um, and I wouldn't be too stressed. I just... Yeah, depends on your situation. If you're trying to make ranks um, and you're about 5,000th, have a crack. Yeah, that's where you're going to make some big ranks. Um, but if you're worried about going backwards or you're trying to hang around with other people, just stick with the pack. Yeah, absolutely. I guess coming into head-to-head final season as well is probably another good idea to think. have a look at your head-to-head matchup as well. Um, if you think you've got a better team than your opponent, you might be safer just to stick it on the popular captaincy option rather than take the risky option. But if you do need that you know, must-win head-to-head match as well, it could be a nice little point of difference to, to go someone like a Haas over a Nico Hines. So definitely a, um, have a look at your situation and, and see if the risk is worth the game uh, worth taking. Mm. Uh, Harry Melville up next. Uh, Ramian and Boyd to Cleary and Luke. I'm guessing Sonny Luke. Um, or... Tafare and Boyd to DC and Luke. So what do you think here, Rich? Do you think Ramian's probably the... I'm hoping either Ramian or Tafare is his 18th or 19th man for cover. And the other two trades, so he's either you know cashing out you know, an 18th man um, to be able to afford Cleary or keeping that good 18th man to be able to and and stick with a DC instead uh, with the lack of money. What's, what's your thoughts here? Yeah. I just don't like his uh, cash-out option of Luke. It's pretty um, terrible. I would probably, if that's the case, like if he's if he's looking to go sunny Luke because he's 220, he's obviously trying to spend all his cash. I think he doesn't do anything for you. Like he's not going to score. He's not break glass in case of an emergency. I think like Raymond... Had a career game last week, and he he was high scoring. Like, yeah, sixty odd, I believe. Yeah. So if you add up Raymond yeah, and, and Boyd's score last week, they would have outscored Cleary and Luke. So you're blowing up your team and not going to score better because Luke is getting zero. And yeah, I'm probably more leaning towards maybe a Tafare and a Boyd to a DCE and yeah, even if you can get someone slightly cheaper, but get that Dan Russell, get that uh, Colhoun style player that just gives you break glass in case of an emergency. Wade Graham. Some, yeah. Somebody can get yeah, a 30 some, or 40 instead of a, instead of a 10 yeah. to 20. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's a good idea too. Um, but I, I do see the argument if, Say if Ramian, if say if Harry's got really good team value, value and Ramian say his nineteenth or twentieth man, 
Um, I think that's probably a luxury situation where you can afford a 220 guy just to stack up your... But if yeah, if 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 you need Tafare or Ramian to play in your 17 for any rounds for the rest of the season, I think that's probably the better way to go, Rich, and get someone who's probably going to score closer to a 30 or 40 instead of a, instead of a 10. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, next up, Blake Griffin. Oh. Uh, should NBA's I go the <laughs> uh, should I go the safe option and captain the chin, or do I look towards Haas against the Chooks and Murray? So we've pretty much done every almost. I think this is the last uh, round of uh, captaincy that we can pro- possibly do. Uh, is Haas or Chin? Who are you going, Rich? Oh, I'm I'm a Chin man. So you've got a you've brought him in. You've spent. A, mil, a million bucks, you've got to captain him and trust that he'll come through. Um, yeah, if I didn't have the chin, I'm happy to go Haas and I'm also happy to go Murray. There's no way Murray scores less than 50, so yeah. Cool. Thank you, Chin, for me if you, if you do have him. Blake, uh, Daniel's up next. Evening, lads. Five trades left, 220k in the bank. Uh, he's thinking of, of going hands to Murray and Buller to Lemuelu, but leaves him with leaves me with four centers. Uh, but potentially thinking of doing Manu and thinking of doing Manu to Edwards as a third trade is am I reading that right? <laughs> and banking the 140k to potentially move on Hopgood to Cleary next week. Is he just overthinking that if he's got three centers already? Mm. I don't see the point of doing Buller to Lemuelu. Or even trading, I think Mar- Mar- Manu as well, with the Roosters finding form again, Manu is definitely a hold as well. So for me, Rich, uh, holding the two centres already, is trading one of the centres out to, say, an Edwards worth it? Uh, a little bit sideways. I don't see why he'd want to get Lemuel in now, because um, I'd imagine he must have traded him out. Uh, yeah. I just it's hard because I I feel like his team must be imbalanced when you've got four centres, but you also want to trade trade and wing fullbacks. It seems a bit odd, and you must be like there's other positions that are going to score a more consistently, like in the mids and in the um, edges, than looking at getting more wing fullbacks and more centres into your team. So does he have enough for hands straight to... So what's hands? Hands is 460, and he's got 220k in the bank. So he could just do hands straight to Murray, if my math works out right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the way to go, just just the one trade, hands to Murray. Yeah. And cool. I don't mind getting rid of Buller, but maybe go Buller to Edwards if you can afford that, which would be real close. He might just be a bit tight, and that might be the issue that I've found. Um, Buller yeah. is fight. Yeah, might be a bit tight. You're probably not gonna have enough yeah. left. So if you can do it, if the math works out, yeah, I'd, I'd probably do that as well. There, Daniel. Um, keep your centers you got and just hold them. There's not not many good options. <laughs> uh, up worried about Hines as captain. Thoughts on going Haas or Young? So I think we've touched enough on this. Rich, we'll, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, Hannah Smith, seven trades remaining. Uh, with DeBellin minutes dropping, is it worth trading him um, for almost a sideways trade to McGuinness to make a 160k upgrade uh, for Preston on his buy? Would have loved to upgrade hands to McGuinness, but 150k short. So, what's your thoughts here, Rich? Is it worth jumping off McGuinness? Uh, sorry, worth jumping off DeBellin now to free up the cash to be able to upgrade Preston next week, or are we already holding here? Yeah, this is good spotting from Hannah um, because. I noticed that last week with DeBellin and the same concern as this week is they've got the same setup and it could happen again because Bird, rather than coming onto the edge, which we thought he would, came on and played that middle role, which robbed um, DeBellin. And that is a concern. Um, I'd I'd like to give him one more week, but her reasoning is pretty solid and I like it a lot where she's going to trade out DeBellin to McInnes, they're going to score about the same. Then she gets 160k to upgrade Preston next week, and she's money. Or, you know, next week she might try hands as well, so she might be able to use that money to get hands up to someone half decent next week. So, yeah, it's not 
sideways because it's part of a bigger plan and that's fine when you've got a good plan in mind so do it and with seven trades remaining too you can probably worth taking that sort of punt this time of year when you have plenty still left even after those two trades or even three trades you're still going to have four trades for the remaining four rounds so uh yeah i i, I tend to agree with you there rich as well uh corwin up next hey guys um, I'm prepping for my team for head-to-head finals, looking for my 18th man. Would you take Edwards with 81k left over or McInnes with 13k left over? The remaining money would be for injury slash role change cover. So I I think for me, Rich, this one pretty much comes down to what, what cover do you have on your bench already? If you don't have any winger fullback cover, I think Edwards is a great option. Or if, And if you don't have any mid cover, McInnes is a good a good option as well. Yeah, I'd probably say that Edwards has a higher ceiling but a lower floor. McInnes is safer but probably doesn't have a super high ceiling. But I can't see how McInnes scores less than 50. So I'd probably take McInnes just because I like 50 points. Nice. Jaren, enough next. Uh, another couple players we haven't really talked on. So Aaron Clark or Brandon Smith, two guys that we thought would have been really good at the start of the season for our starting tides, uh, sides, but yeah, both sort of shut the bed there for a bit. Um, and Brandon Smith, I know, I know Riley's been burnt by him a couple of times, shooter as well, so uh, is there any interest in either of these two, Rich? I know Clark had that massive score last week with Tino out. Is, is he worth it either? Yeah, no, I'd, I could uh, stomach some cheese. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just think that side looked good with him in, and I like the fact he played decent minutes. You know, that's a really promising sign. I'd, and Clark, I just can't see. I, mind you, I talked him out last week, but I just can't see where he fits in in two week after in three weeks' time when Big Tino comes back. Clark ends up back on the bench or playing limited minutes, so um, it could get ugly and it becomes a reddish dot or someone that you don't want to play so brandon smith yeah. get him in get him in uh personally i don't think i'd i don't think i'll be touching either of these guys unless i absolutely have to but i, I think for me if if they're in your starting 17 i think i'd be concerned but if they're your 18th man and they're only just gonna be filling in for one or two weeks for the rest of the season i think i can stomach a clark or a brandon smith score just for one or two weeks but i, I think me, i think what we're talking about here though is if you're brenton you're laughing at people that are asking this question because it's of no concern. But if you're lowly ranked and you don't have any team value, you do have to take a punt mm. because you just don't have the cash to get every gun. So you're looking for a cut price player that might get you 50 points for the rest of the season. And you're going to have to take a punt and it could come back and bite you. But that's the position that you've got in because things just didn't work out the way you'd hoped earlier in the season. So, yeah. Take a punt. And speaking of guys who need to take a punt, uh, Ben Rowe, hey, boys, are either of you able to confirm if Riley has traded in cheese yet? You know how the saying goes, fifth time lucky. <laughs> so uh, a bit of good chat there from Benny again. Uh, if you've traded him already four times, do you think it's worth the headache of a fifth, Rich? If I know Riley's probably in a similar position where he does need to take a punt a little bit lower team value and probably needs someone to round off his 17. Do you think it's worth the headaches, if anything else? Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, just keep going to the well. It makes for a good story, though, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah great story. And if, if it burns you for the fifth time, he's definitely on the, on the never again list. So, yeah, thanks for your question there, Ben. Um, that wraps us up. Uh, Rich, hour on the clock. thought it would be a bit of a quiet one tonight, but looks like plenty of people have questions coming in so thanks a lot for that all the questions and thanks for your help as well rich yeah uh, it's good fun um yeah no lots of questions and it's a sign that people have still got trades so well done for saving your trades we know shooter won't put any questions up this <laughs> week um because he's out of trades so uh trade smart and we know injuries are going to come Nice quiet week for me. No warriors, so another two points. So hopefully, I'm predicting a bit of an upset. I'm hoping the Broncos lose, uh, so that we can get second place tonight. There's no changes really in those teams, 
And then um, I also think the Sharks might actually go good, but I think it's going to be a cracker. I can honestly just see both players getting 70s, Hines yeah, and Cleary. Yeah, so yeah. I just hope it, it's really close and golden point I could stomach, actually. Go on point for those extra few points and, and maybe a, a field goal here and there just to boost those, yeah, Cleary and uh, Hines stats up a little bit. So uh, anyway, thanks, Rich, and thanks to everyone. Uh, hope you all have a great weekend and enjoy the footy. See you.